Welcome to A Street in Lockdown. This podcast is an insight into the lives of people who live in and around one road and how the COVID-19 outbreak has affected them. I'm Jane Vickers and live in West Hove on the UK's south coast. Though neighbours, I'd never met most of the people taking part. Because of the rules around social distancing, the earlier conversations I had were virtual. Now that restrictions have eased, I've been able to meet people and find out what it's been like living in a street in lockdown. My name is Ian. I live with my wife and I did live with both my sons, but one of them now is, he's at Bristol Uni, and though he's 19, and then my youngest son, uh, Joel, he is coming up to 14. So two teenage sons. Uh-huh. Right, okay. Before we get going, it's worth painting a picture, because all the conversations that, that I've had on this podcast, bar one, have been virtual conversations, but we're actually sitting in Vale Park. Um, it's a Saturday, it's sunny... It's a quiet spot by the rose bushes. It's lovely. It's (laughs) gorgeous. It's nice. And actually, the sunshine has been a theme through the through the podcast. The the lucky weather that we've had. So, so this is one of the first conversations where it's kind of face to face. We're sitting on a bench, and I'm using a selfie stick to to kind of talk between us. Right. So, let's talk about lockdown. Then we're in week. We're about to go into week 17 of restrictions, even though restrictions are being eased. Reflecting back. How has it been for you? So lockdown, initially for me, I own a a design agency. It's very small with a friend of mine. And so, you know, obviously in a small business, we were very worried about that. Um, So that was tricky. So that was at the forefront of my mind initially. Um, We've made it through that tricky period my wife works at Cardinal Newman, so that was difficult. Obviously, the school's all shut down. We've had a bit of time off, but it did initially feel to me like some people are working and some people are having a lovely early summer holiday. And what about you? Have you had a busy lockdown or a quiet lockdown, or has it gone in, in different phases? It's gone in different phases. We're sort of part-time furloughing. It's busy, but... It could be busier, so I have noticed that there's a downturn in work, or not so much that, that, you know, lots of people are still giving you work, but, you know, trying to get payment for that work is very, very difficult. So at the moment, that is the hard part. You know, they they talk about the community coming together and supporting each other. Mm -hmm. Because of the very nature of lockdown, I don't know whether you think this, you're having your own experience very much on your own. Everybody's got a take on lockdown and their own experiences. So, you know, you get people who've been furloughed for a long time um, and they're enjoying it. My wife's tan is wonderful. Uh, so she's been in the back, back garden a lot. And then there's other people that have been struggling through. You know, we've got um, my wife's niece. Is, uh, she works in the A&E department, so she's been really busy. And more than that, not just, you know, have they been busy or not, but the stress levels and what they've been going through is remarkable. I mean, um, Georgia working in A&E, you know, there's times we had all these family Zoom chats and whatever. And there was one period I think I asked her, you know, how do you actually feel when you're And she said, I'm really scared. So there's some people talking about how busy they are or, oh, I've got to go to, into work. And, oh, I've had all this time off. And 
whatever. And other people, it's very, di- it's a very different experience. You know, they're scared witless. Mm. And luckily, touch wood, I haven't had anybody personally affected by it. Uh, I know people that have had it, but they haven't, you know, they haven't been struck down and, you know, and been hospitalised or anything. So, you know, I've yet to meet somebody like that, and I can imagine their experience of lockdown is very different from my own. And it, I feel as though I can't moan about work or not being paid and all that. When there's those kind of issues going on, yeah. it doesn't. It seems trite. It seems silly. Yeah. I mean, the, the reason why we're in this situation is because there's a global pandemic. Yes. How do you feel now about the threat of coronavirus? I've had two people I know have had it, and well, one of them has tested to see if he has the antibodies, and he has, and he was in bed for a week he's up and I ran with him this morning so he's fine so my experience of corona it hasn't affected me no. you know in terms of have I got the virus or so how scared Do you of worry it? about it no not as much as maybe I should or I tell you <laughs> this sounds stupid as well so we've just booked a holiday <laughs> yeah. um so we've booked we've booked a holiday for the beginning of next month so we're going away for just my wife and myself for four or five days and I'm really excited about it because I didn't think I was going to get a holiday. Now, as soon as we booked it, I then started to think, oh, am I being a bit naive? You know, should I have just written this year off holiday-wise and started again next year? It's not a big deal to give up one year of holidays. Where are you going? Croatia. Croatia split. Um, we've been before looking forward to it I'm really looking forward to it I just feel as though I need some headspace and um, a break from everything but yeah so as soon as we booked it I started to get a bit worried and thinking right well crumbs I'm going to be on a plane in a close proximity to lots of people you know how am I going to feel if say I'm next to a stranger and they start sneezing or coughing or whatever I, I've been to supermarkets and things and yes that's been you know your heart rate goes up a tiny bit but maybe the craving for Monster Munch and uh, a few other stupid things uh, took over and I needed that more. Um, I haven't really felt scared of corona in maybe the way that many other people have been affected by it. And of course, restrictions are being relaxed, but as we reopen, obviously we need to take additional measures because we're going to be around people a lot more so they announced this week that on the 24th of July everyone is going to have to wear face masks in shops and supermarkets you already have to do that on public transport and I think also you need to wear face masks when you're visiting people in hospital so there's some, um, there are exemptions to this but what do you think about face masks in supermarkets? I think if it makes a difference then let's do it, I've had both conversations with people my own view is if they're asking us to do it crumbs just do it Mm. really how hard is it um i've got one right here (laughs) um and i've started yeah that's probably not the most cleanliest (laughs) place i've got it with me because and i've started to wear it in shops now i thought right we'll get used to it you know just make it part of your normal life blimey there's so many things that are not normal at the moment but they're becoming more normal. You know, just walking further away from somebody, become it now feels second nature, whereas it never did. So some people have moaned about having to wear these, and, you know, I had conversations with people where they're saying, well, but I go on a bus and there's half the people aren't wearing them. And I'm thinking, yes, but that still doesn't mean that you don't 
need to wear it, do it. You know, if the majority of us are doing it, do it. It's yeah. really not hard. If that's all I've got to do, put a face mask on, big whale, okay, I'll do it. And people have been wearing face masks coming to this country for years, and we've all looked at them oddly, but maybe, you know, we're the odd ones, and maybe we should be a bit more careful. You mentioned your teenage sons. 19 years old, Bristol University, yes. 14 years old, so year... What's that? He'll 10? be going into year nine. Okay, yeah. so not crucial, crucial time no. in, their secondary, in his no. secondary education, but still enough for you to be, you know, obviously... Oh, I mean, I've got an 11-year-old. I've been really keen on him continuing to learn. He's been in his final year of primary school, so it's a lot of emotion around things oh, missing okay. out and oh, stuff okay. like that. But how has it been for you and your children? Um, well... I think I put a Facebook post up the other day and then regretted it a little bit in that I said, thank you, COVID, for giving me this extra time with my teenage son, my eldest son, who went off to university, had the best time ever. It was traumatic for me letting him go, taking him over to Bristol. Um, Oh, God, it was awful. I couldn't bear it. I was in tears and uh, it was uh, very emotional. But... So he went over there, he's had a great time, and then, uh, you know, COVID meant that uh, he had to come back here, which he didn't want to do. He did it under duress, but he came back here, and so we had about, what would we have had, about three months with him. You know, he got up at about two o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> and he went out about six, uh, seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night, and, uh, you know, so I got a few, uh, a few hours window with him, but... Um, it was lovely just having him back in the house and because he'd been away for a while it felt that much more special mm. and he had really grown up as well in that time and the first few conversations with him coming back it felt like there was this new adult coming to and I and we reconnected in a more adult way he went away as it sounds very cliched but he went away as a boy and he's come back a man and I love that, you know, finding that relationship again, it was wonderful. So I thank COVID for that. (laughs) On the flip side, I have my 14-year-old son at home who he's very, very clever. He's super bright, but I think, you know, because he's really bright, he doesn't need to try that hard, so he doesn't. He does a bit minimum, what he can get away with, and he does it in two seconds flat. So lockdown comes along. He loves all his devices. He loves his Xbox, his laptop, his iPhone, his iPad. He's got them all. And so he just thinks it's a summer holiday. And all the work that the school give him, he sees as homework. Um, I don't have to do homework, he says. I don't have to do that. So it's been a real, real battle. The hardest thing in lockdown for us has been that. We've gone from, you've got to do everything. It's just like school. It's 9 till 3.30, whatever it is, to them being a bit more relaxed about it. Bless him, he has tried and he has done things. And at the end of the day, I find it very difficult saying, you've got to concentrate on this, um, when many, many children are doing much less than him. Obviously, all I can hear are the ones that are doing loads and are really (laughs) brilliant, and that's what I want Joel to be, but he doesn't want it. It's not him. And so we've wrestled with that, the two of us, and our relationship has really gone up and down, our relationship with him and his with us. How are you feeling about him going back to school and what that will feel like for him have you got concerns around that yeah yeah definitely I really want him to go back to school Mm. because he's obviously suffering with not learning he weirdly is really looking forward to going back to school 
I'm worried, one, that he's been on his screens not doing schoolwork for so long. It really is like a drug to them. And I can only see them going back to school as a withdrawal process. So him going cold turkey, going back to school, I think he's going to struggle. He might initially think, I'm going to see my friends, brilliant. But after the first week... Mm. I'm I'm under no illusion that is going to be tough that second yeah. week and from then on because he's going to be craving the things that he did yeah. before and I'm fairly certain that there are going to be many children in his situation that are going to struggle like crazy and then refuse to go to school well I didn't need to do it for four months yeah. why is it so important now I cannot see for the life of me, all the children going back, being happy as Larry, <laughs> doing all their work and everything back to normal because I just can't see it happening. The schools have got a big part to play in it and I think they're, they're, they will do their utmost, I have no doubt, and they're going to be trying lots of different ways and tactics and it's going to be different and I see it going on like that for a few years yet. A reflection. Let's have a reflection moment. When you think about lockdown, have you learnt anything about you in lockdown do you think goodness i tell you what i've learned i've learned i don't mind gardening <laughs> i really love gardening oh gosh what have i have i learned i i need to be a little more patient and a little more understanding of how people feel we've been together a lot the family and you normally you're going about your everyday lives in in the routines that you have and those routines have been gone out the window and we've had to relearn a whole load of living together techniques but I think we've realized we do love each other an awful lot and you know we've got to help each other I think it's pulled us apart put us back together but you know it's been very different I, I went through a little period, I, we touched on this before we started recording, that I had a bit of coaching when I had a real wobble where I had real social anxiety and I wouldn't want to go out and I wouldn't want to meet anybody and I didn't feel interesting enough or clever enough or intelligent enough to be around people and have proper conversations. Um, and so I withdrew more and more and more this during, during no this work? wasn't this was a couple of years ago okay. probably it got worse and worse and worse and to the point it obviously was going over a period of time and I thought um well this is just me now I'm I'm over 50 51 now I don't feel over 51 but anyway um I thought this is just me getting older but actually my wife pointed out to me no you were never always like this and a few other things but and I had this coaching and it made me realize and this lockdown has made me realize I really need people I run a lot and when I couldn't run with anybody I did still go running but oh it was tough it was really tough and I couldn't wait to meet up with everybody again my mum is also um she's uh, 75 she's she's older uh, she's got lots of health problems I mean she's sprightly but she's had heart problems cancer and uh, she's asthmatic so she's really high risk and I can't wait to I can see her obviously I've seen her but I can't wait to hug her I'm a real touchy-feely person as well um, 
and you know just shaking someone's hand or when I talk to people I quite often probably they hate it but I quite often touch them and yeah, you know this guy yeah I just yeah, yeah. And, I, and I like doing that and I really miss that and I can't wait to give my mum a hug and the rest of the family and yeah, yeah that's tough isn't it? and so I found in lockdown I really need people yeah. more than I thought yeah. I needed and obviously that period where I didn't want to go out I was pu- pushing away the yeah. thing that I probably needed to make me whole again and normal. When are you going to see your mum? Have you got it Well, I have, I have seen my mum and every when time... Gonna, when's the hugging? When can we do Can we? Christ only oh, knows. No. Um, I, I can't and I, I think I said to my wife, I don't know when no, the when time will come when I can no. hug somebody. No. I sound like some kind of weirdo. <laughs> He's got to touch people. Huggy monster. <laughs> um, I can't wait. That's obviously where I get it from. My mum is a real touchy-feely <laughs> yeah, person yeah, yeah. and she, she will touch and hug people. You know, I, when I was younger, my friends would come around and she would hug them. She's only just met them, she'd hug them. People, you can see them like that. But, um, <laughs> and so that's obviously where I've got it from. But for her, it's been really, t- really tough. So the, mm. the children will go round, the grandchildren will go round and she, for her not to be able to give them a hug or not even be able to go close, it's it is heartbreaking. It really is. Where does she live then? Um, she lives uh, in East Grinstead. So, oh, yeah. you know, thankfully it's not far away. We had a period in the easing, the very early easing, and I think we were we had these bubble things. And my mum said, "Oh, I can come and visit." And she said, "Oh, is it all right if we come round this weekend?" And it was right at the start. And I thought, "You can't. You're high risk." And I've got my son, my eldest son, and he's not been, as the youngsters really, they're not very good at social distancing and keeping with just one or two people. They've been. Anyway, and if he's going to be around, I can't subject you to him. And so I had to say to my mum, no, you can't come round, which yeah. was tough. God yeah. blimey, it broke my heart to say it. But I was doing the right thing, and she was obviously really upset. She said, oh, no, it's fine, it's fine. Um, so she left it, but then the following, week, the following week she phoned my son up and she said, do you think it'll be all right now? Um, can you have a word with Ian and, uh, you know, see if we can? So I had to relent, and like the following weekend she came round, social distance and everything. But at that point it was like a seesaw, and... You know, yes, it's not doing it some good, but blimey, it's really affecting her mentally, her not being around anybody. Mm. She's really, she's um, shielded herself shielded. for so yeah. long. Yeah. You know, she's not going around the twist, but, you know, it's really not making her happy at all. Yeah. So we relented and oh, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It was so nice to see her. Oh, yeah, it was lovely. wonderful, really How wonderful. Lovely. That's lovely. Now we look forward, things have beginning to relax a little bit what do you think is going to happen now well initially um i think everybody thought come say september time Mm. everything will be back to normal just saying that back to normal i think our normal of um last year uh, the beginning of this year even um will not be here again for I suspect a few years. Mm. I don't think it's going to be like that for a long time. So I think we will all get used to many things. I think, you know, this the face mask, the face mask yeah. thing is, it's going to be tiny compared to 
what our lives are going to, uh, how they will work in the coming months and in the next year or two. I mean, we were out running this morning and it felt like, you know, the good old days. Um, but there are many aspects that aren't like that. And I think that will be like that for the next couple of years, mm. I suspect. And, well, hey, when we get a vaccine, maybe things will change again. And let's hope that happens and it's a vaccine that works and we can get back to mm. our normal. And do you have broader hopes? Yes, although it's all the things I've been hopeful about for all my life where more understanding, people being a bit more compassionate, people being um, aware of people being different from them and not holding their views. Um, we're, you know, I keep saying, and I say it in a jokey way, we're all different. Um, and it makes the world go round. It really does. And it's really important we're all different. My hopes are that we understand each other and understand our differences and know that it's OK to have those differences. Mm -hmm. I, I can remember when I was at school and we had, you know, the teachers, bless them, wanted, I can't remember how old I would have been. I, was, I think I would have just gone into secondary school. So I was about 12 or 13. And the teachers were trying to put on this debate. We would have a debate. And it was when, you know... The, the Cold War was on and nuclear war was right in our... Um, we were meant to be debating nuclear weapons and war and all that kind of thing. And I got up as one of the people that was going to represent a side and I just said stupidly, um, why can't everybody just get on? Why can't everybody just be friends? And they wanted something a bit deeper than that, I think. And I couldn't understand in my tiny little brain, I couldn't understand why that wasn't a, a, a good way to live um, and everybody was coming up with their proper answers and I still maintained yeah but why can't we just get on mm. and weirdly I think that little boy's still inside me saying why can't we all just get on and be friendly goodness yeah. me <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else that you wanted to talk about about lockdown at the start of lockdown I thought right come on let's be productive and I made a list of things um, <laughs> that I wanted to do and achieve. They were silly things, put up a shelf, things like yeah, that. Yeah. And, you know, right at the start when we had all the nonsense with the toilet roll fiasco and pasta running out and stuff like that, I got really worried that, well, maybe the shops will run out. And I said to my wife, right, we don't use our back garden. It's gonna, I'm going to turn it into a veg patch. I don't know anything about growing anything. We've had weeds in our gardens for God knows how long. So I had that as one of my goals. I cut up some logs for... My wife had a little alcove in our house that she wanted logs put in to make look really decorative. And I've got this big bench saw thing I've never used, don't know how to use it properly. And I cut up some logs. I cut my thumb. I cut my thumb right the way down. I don't know if you can see that hideousness. Yeah, yeah it went right the way through. I ended up in A&E. Actually, that's quite interesting. I ended up in A&E during lockdown. And I felt such an idiot that I had hurt myself. And I was making these NHS workers who were, you know, had COVID at the forefront of their mind look after me with my silly thumb. So that prevented me from getting my vegetable patch. I've now got my vegetable patch and I've started growing things and I've loved it and it's been brilliant. And so I think what I'm trying to say is, you know, there are always new skills you can learn. And this period, I hope people have learnt new skills, but just little things, it doesn't matter. It can be a tiny thing, but if it's an achievement for you, it's an achievement. Mm -hmm. And I think I achieved a few things during lockdown, and I'm quite proud of those. Yeah. <laughs> and have you had a haircut? 
yes I have thank you for noticing yeah. <laughs> I know it looks fabulous I didn't darling see you before. <laughs> Well, I don't have a great deal of hair, but um, I have had a haircut. My wife had a go at it. During lockdown, I had a go at it, so I've had very lopsided hair at times. You know, I thought there was going to be a big mad rush on everybody getting their hair cut and stuff, but it's felt fairly relaxed. And yes, I went in and they've got all barriers and they made me wear a face mask and plastic everywhere. Crumbs, the amount of plastic we're using now as well. Ooh, I don't know, that's another nightmare, but anyway. So have you been to a pub or restaurant yet? No, I haven't. Not really. I'm not a big pub goer. I don't. I drink a bit, but you know, not massively. So I'm not craving going to a pub. And the longer time goes on, the more I think I don't know if I really want to be crammed into a small space with lots of people. So I have had a drink outside a pub. So we did a little run in Stenning, and it finished in the, the cricket ground, and we had a drink outside, and it was lovely. It was really nice to just have a beer outside. Wonderful. But I wonder how COVID will be in winter. We've had COVID in summer. How will winter COVID be? That's what I find interesting. I think people who probably would avoid the pub, or sit in a pub garden like myself, but really want a beer, are going to be going into pubs and... This second spike may happen because of that. And maybe the second spike will come in the winter when people are stuck together more. But then, mind you, looking at the beaches during the summer, oh, that's not a place you want to be particularly. It's been really, really lovely to meet you. And thank you so much for your time. Oh, you. um, have a lovely holiday. Yeah, can't wait, can't wait. <laughs> and has your son gone back to university? Gone he back has, to he has, boo-hoo. He's gone back, he's gone back. But he said he's coming back for a friend's birthday at the end of August. So, And it's his brother's birthday in September. So I really hope he's going to be around for a couple yeah. of weeks. So I can't wait for that. Oh. If he says he's not, I'm going to be heartbroken. <laughs> Ian, thank you very much. Take care. Thank you, Jen. Thanks for listening to A Street in Lockdown. For more stories, go to astreetinlockdown.co.uk.